Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about ReZero, starting life in another world. And, uh... This actually was a random choice because uh, you weren't prepared and just came up with the suggestion of doing a random one. And this is what came up for us. I ain't mad at it. I figured that we would like stay away from currently running anime, but you had a point. Season one's already done. So worth it. Very worth it. Uh, so this is a 25 episode series. It came out in April 2016, ran all the way through September 2016. A couple of the producers were for uh, TV Tokyo, Media Factory, Kotokawa, ATX, Magic Capsule, and then the studio for it. It may sound familiar to you, White Fox. Oh, you don't say. Oh, yeah. And then the sources are uh, light novel, and then the genres are psychological drama, thriller, fantasy. Although... <laughs> if this is his fantasy, it is a pretty sad fantasy. Sick and twisted. I wouldn't say yeah, sick and twisted. I would just say that he's got issues. He's got problems. Yeah, I got 99 problems, and he's experiencing them all. Thank God for small favors. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> now, you mentioned there's 25 episodes, but if you watch the director's cut, which is what I did, there's only 13 episodes. They are an hour and a half long each so it is a little bit of a, I don't know how you'd say it. it's It's a little bit of a effort, I would say, to sit down and just power through with them all. But I liked the director's cut because it, it made things make a little bit more sense, in my opinion. And the pacing was much smoother. Which one did you watch? Uh, I've watched them both. Um, I do agree with you that the director's cut, I felt like smoothed a little bit better. Um, they definitely went through and cleaned up a little bit. They made some pauses in between some scenes, like they drug it out a little bit more so that way you can feel more of the tension or the thought process behind what they're about to say. They also took away a little bit from it too. So if you weren't really watching or paying attention to it, they kind of removed or changed some background characters that weren't there before. Like what? So uh, take, for example, the first thing that really comes to mind, episode one, when uh, Subaru and Amelia are returning the little girl to her father, when the little girl, or not to her father, but when they run into the APA vendor and the little girl and her mother come up, well, in the original, you see there's a bunch of people walking around behind them. But in the director's cut, you don't see that anymore. There's not people walking around behind them. I didn't notice that. So huh. there, there are a lot of subtle changes uh, they definitely decided to go with a more grotesque view. So uh, like when uh, Subaru fights Julius, when they show him in the original, he's beat up. But in the director's cut, they show him much more battered. He, You could definitely tell that he was he was truly beaten and not, not a little bit, but like thoroughly yeah. beaten brutalized like bad like you're right in the fir- in the the main one when we watched it 
week by week in suspense. I don't know if it was like you, if you watched it while it was coming out, but I did and every week. So it came out, I think on a Tuesday and I'd watch it that Tuesday, like 20, 30 minutes after it came out. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was replaying stuff in my head and wondering how it would go. Now, I'm a very adamant anime only kind of viewer. I don't want to skip ahead. I did that with Naruto and Bleach in no small part because of you. And (laughs) while the instant gratification of knowing was awesome, when it came up to the parts I was watching, like I think, God, what was it? 2000, maybe eight or nine is when I really got into anime. And you're like, dude, check this out. Read this. And I'm like, this is great. When does this happen? And you go, oh, like four years. I went, ah, crap. Okay, I should probably stop. And then I was watching. I'm like, this is great. This is great. And then I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen because I saw this already, but I didn't see it so beautifully animated. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to to ruin your, your, your uh, dreams, your wonder, your <laughs> hopefulness for the future. You know, my girl's dad has a really good saying that is perfect for this. And you know how people are like, oh, the, the movie sucked because the book was better. Well, don't ruin the movie by reading the book. But if you read the book first, then you go see the movie. I mean, like, it's already ruined. I mean, in, in all honesty, I mean, like, even if you watch the movie, and this is what I always say, if you read the book, go into whatever you're watching, whether it be anime live action. It doesn't matter what it is. Go with it as if it's its own story. Okay. Kind of like an adaptation. Exactly. Because that's basically what it is. Yeah, you're right. You really can't get (laughs) just like everyone's hoping. I know this is sidetracking, but I know everyone's hoping that game of Thrones, the book, I think it's fire and ice or something like that is better than the last season of HBO. It is. So, I mean, like I, I know that people are hoping that. So if you take it, like you're saying where, the, the the show was an adaptation of the book and not the same story. Yeah, that makes sense. But like in here, I, I did, I wasn't, I adamantly made sure that I did not go and read the, the manga or the source material because the, my imagination was, was, I don't know, like better than what could have imagining what could happen and playing up many different scenarios is probably one of the reasons why I like RPGs, the options. I wasn't right 90% of the time. Well, let's be honest, 99% of the time I wasn't right. But the little side adventures I had while watching this made everything perfect for me. I loved it. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. And what's interesting about this is, and how this show is, it's like Groundhog Day, uh, but the only difference is, is instead of him reliving every day exactly, which would make anyone go insane, um, he's a very prideful young man and he's very, very delusional too on top of that. But also whenever he dies, he goes back to basically a checkpoint and he refers everything that's going on in his world as a game or an RPG. And it's a save point or a checkpoint. I think that's a coping mechanism, but I mean, you are a hundred percent. He's playing call of duty, modern warfare. Eh, no, no, he's playing uh, modern warfare was three, right? Depends on what your preference is. I mean, like what he's playing, you, you it's I, he's you not, and I, play, so you and I played the very last like extra episode where you had to go through the airplane. Yeah. Which one was that? Modern Warfare, the first one. Oh, okay. 
so, so yeah, Modern Warfare. So he's playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare on veteran mode. Yeah. Where you're just hoping to get to the next checkpoint. You're dying, praying you made it to the next checkpoint. And, you know, sometimes you just don't. And just like that game, you and I battered and bled basically through that game. I don't think we achieved hardly anything beyond like I survived, which was good enough for me at the time. But that's what he's doing here. He's literally just, let's try this path. That didn't work. Crap. Let's try this path. Crap. That didn't work. And just like it royally upset me. Now, this is a little thing that you have on me that I don't think many people can say is you actually have a 100% perfect score on Call of Duty Modern Warfare when it comes to the achievements. Yeah. I thought I had that too. I am one achievement away. Pardon my rant, but that freaking airplane (laughs) i killed the guy i know i did i know i got it i just don't know why it wasn't recorded and so while you have your perfect score i am one achievement away from a perfect score and i'm like i I realized rant time but so last week no not last week yeah last week i went back to it i re-downloaded i'm like oh this is no problem i'm gonna go through two or three levels i'm gonna get the hang of it again i'm gonna go through this no problem four hours Later, I still didn't get my guy, still ran out of time, still got blown out of the plane. And when I finally made it, finally made it to the end, I'm like, yes, boom. And I shot the victim. I shot the hostage. So much like how you're feeling, the anger, the frustration, Subaru actually feels that every time he dies, every time. And it's not because he dies in a very plain or or dullard way. He dies in a pretty (laughs) screwed up way with the exception of like maybe one time where he took it into his own hands and he committed suicide. No, twice. I take that back twice. Like even he he threw himself off of a cliff. I can think of a few different ways to go. Yes. Like throwing yourself off of a cliff. You've got a good eight, nine seconds of, wow, I still haven't hit the ground yet. And a lot of the, so, uh, yeah, so that would explain his depression because you and I, I'm pretty sure you, as much as I love you, I hate you for having that achievement over me. Um, <laughs> it took you how many hours to do that? How many different ways did you try? How many ways did you just try to bulldoze your way through? And I know you and I both had a, not a mental break because, well, we're, it's just a game. We realize that <laughs> but like, I had, I had a soul crushing depression, not to the extent of Subaru, but like, I felt I couldn't do something. I couldn't succeed where I've seen somebody else. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, asshole. And <laughs> it frustrated me to no end. And with Subaru, it, it's weird because I think he doesn't understand his own ability. Like we won't figure out what happened until much, much later. Like I've been watching season two and I love it. It explains so much about what's going on here, but I don't know about you, but if I kept dying and coming back, I wouldn't assume it would stop. Whereas episode what two or three, he thinks that, Oh crap, this could be my last life. Like, I, w- I wouldn't want that to be my last life. That's not, that's not bueno. No bueno. Yeah. And, and that's one of the really interesting things too, is when he gets to death number three, after he dies a third time in episode like four or five, he's, yeah. he says this, I don't know if I will come back this next time, 
because he doesn't understand his own power or not even his power, but his own curse, you could say, because that's technically what it is, is it is a curse. Now, what I, what I found really intriguing, I keep saying interesting, but this goes beyond that. This, this compels me to go further. He has no basis to think that he wouldn't go and continue reviving infinitely. There's no proof that he won't. There's no proof that he will. And it's, it's very unique in the sense of he reaches a checkpoint, let's call it, and he resets back to that. And what I thought was really humanizing about this whole ordeal, about this whole story, the thing that made me, I guess, relate would be a good way to put it, is no matter how many times he's died, he still is afraid of death to a certain extent. And which is understandable. I mean, when he dies, it's not like it's painless. Yeah. No, like he tells you point blank that I feel everything like it's, it's not even a little bit of a, uh, it's not even a little bit of a oops. Maybe he feels every last death when he breaks an arm. It's not like he, he goes numb. It's part of his curse. He feels everything. He falls. He crashes to the ground. If he doesn't die immediately, he still feels the pain and that that's worrisome. And I think character building in this is amazing because he goes from even getting injured in the slightest to crying about it. And yeah, he cries a lot. Holy crap. Does he cry a lot? He cries a lot. And then also at one point, how he ends up talking to Amelia is, you know, he's not all there mentally. I mean, like granted, he's gone through some pretty screwed up stuff, but bro, he broke. Like there's nowhere he broke. He he broke long before that. I mean, like when you become that obsessed, that obsessed with someone, you're you're already broken. You've been broken for a while. I get the feeling that it's not that he was broken for a while. I get the feeling that he so in the beginning, he's just living a normal life. Weird how someone his age would just be in a convenience store at what, like three in the morning? I'm assuming midnight, maybe. Early, early AM, nobody's around very secluded, very away from everything, you know? Yeah. And like, that's not normal. I get that. He, he struck me as very much a loner type and oh, you yeah. don't hear too much. You don't hear too much about his dad, but you always hear how he's got his mother's eyes and how he's like always scowling. He's got resting bitch face. Like if I'm being honest, he's got, that, that, that's basically what's going on. And there, I don't know if people are rude in this alternate world or whatnot, but they have, a very strong tendency to be like, Hey, sup your face. It's kind of fucked up, huh? He's like, yeah, it's my mom. It's my mom's eyes. They're like, yeah, yeah. You look like you're upset. You're laughing and happy, but your eyes say you're pissed off. Like, yep, that's my mom's face. Well, it's not even that. Right. And, and I'm going to be totally honest. I don't remember him talking about his mom really too much at all. If at all in this, it's more, more along the lines of his personality. And what he says in his actions. And that's really yeah. brought brought forward in a couple different spots. And and when Subaru and Amelia are at the, the castle, because Amelia is a it basically in the running for being the ruler of the land that he's been teleported to. Yep, she's a candidate. He starts yelling out and and I I get it. Like he's like eighteen, maybe. He still lives at home. Barely graduated high school, I would assume. I don't think he's got... No, he, he strikes me as like a 15, 16 because he doesn't have the maturity 
of 18 yet to me. No, I've looked it up and oh. he is uh, 17 to 18 years old. Oh shit. Okay. So yes, he's not matured at all. No, he's, he's not, he's very, very hot tempered, very, very, very much wears his emotions on his sleeves and, and he's very easy to annoy, get a, you know, well, that makes a lot of sense because if he was, if he was like that in a previous world or in his, or in his origin world, he got teleported here. He's got literally no special augmentations. He doesn't have any, anything other than the fact that he, when he dies, he restarts to try a different path, which I'm not going to lie. Sounds appealing to, to a certain extent, if only for the fact that everything you could do would eventually go in your favor, much yeah. like groundhog day. You'd learn everything you can to, to no avail essentially um, or with groundhog day. Whereas with this, he's simply just trying to make it through. And I guess if you've died, if you've been through the trauma of death that many times and you are trying to gain main character energy when you were born a side character, right? That could make you crazy. And that could lead you to, this these displays where he he proclaimed himself to be a knight and the actual knights who are there are like really you're not acting like it we have a code of chivalry and honor that you obviously do not possess and subaru gets pissed about it he goes you know what you're just living off your own dad's name which you know to me screams inferiority complex just oh, yeah. straight up well he had that even when julius who the knight was basically de- talking down to him Toll, you know, he, he saw Emilia, Julius, then kissed Emilia's hand, and he was able to take her into the castle while Subaru was told he needs to wait outside. He can't go in. Oh, yeah, that pissed him off. <laughs> that pissed him off bad because he felt immediately less than. Oh, yeah. And additionally, whenever he feels less than, inferior, or anything like that, he instantly gets very angry, very aggravated. If something doesn't go the way he wants, he starts getting angry, upset, or he starts crying. And it really shows his level and sign of maturity when all that's going on. But you take Amelia, for example, right? She's the exact same age as him. She's 18 years old. And the level of maturity that she has is just astounding and the same thing for rem and ram the two maids same thing they're 17 18 years old they're twins and their level of maturity is just ridiculous in comparison to his so it really says a lot about his character and then later on and towards the end they start referring to him as the sin of pride or talking to him that he must be pride yep the archbishop Sin of Sloth assumed he was the Archbishop of Pride because the Pride Archbishop had not been, the position had not been filled as of yet. And it's frustrating because I I know certain things now because I've seen season two that clear so much of this stuff up. Highly recommend season two, highly recommend watching the movie, which we will be discussing next week. But it, it it's kind of funny because the thing that makes me very, I don't know the correct word. I don't want to speak ahead. Um, Hesitant, let's say. That works. To say that Subaru has nothing to do with the witch's cult, it doesn't make any sense. Because just like a finger, the Archbishop of Sloth was able to possess his body. And we assume, I, I assume, 
The Witch of Envy, which uh, the name is what? Stad- Stad- Stadla? Stella? Stella. Oh, okay. It's a lot easier than I was trying to say. Stella. Oh, what the? So I got a gripe about that. Why did Amelia originally say her name was uh, Stella? Uh, Satella or Stella? You know, I, I am not yeah. sure why she did. I'm not even sure how you say the name. Uh, I want to look that up right now. So hang on. Because it was, it was it was on his first go around, his first reset, if you'll call if we call it that. Right. Like, she, and then she—that's the only time she's ever referred to herself in that manner before. Yeah, the jealous switch. The, yeah, and. I would love to know why too, but I think the reason why, and this is just a uh, Satella. That's it. Yeah. It's called, it's, it is Satella. 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 And man, just pulled up a picture of Satella. Looks identical to Amelia. Identical. Oh. Like to the T. Well, how do they know? How do they know? I don't how know. do they know? They got no pic. They got no cameras. They got these things called metas, which are kind of cool. Metas are. Materia. What you mean? Materia. I was close. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, Materia is basically a project product that allows someone who hasn't opened their magical gate to use magic. But even then, it's not how it should be, right? It's it's not something that's identical across the board or anything like that. Every single one of them is unique. His Materia is a cell phone, and it's the only one that allows you to take a picture. It's not a materia though. It's it's it's, it's, it's just a cell phone. It and is. he's like, yeah, it, I'm going to use your ignorance against you. This is worth how much? Let's trade. Let's buy some stuff. Let me live large. Yeah. And he ends up never actually doing that. And he bring. It's so weird. He brings everything with him: a bag of food and a, and a cell phone that somehow has an amazing charge. He's it's probably one of those Nokia flip phones from way back in the day that never get destroyed no matter how many times you get beat the crap out of you. And well, to be fair, the total duration now for us, the 26 episodes, it seems like weeks, months have gone by, right? Yeah, they have to like there's, but it's not, you've seen so many. It's like, think about it. He keeps resetting back. So when he was dying and he committed suicide, it was like three or four days. He usually would die. And it was like on the fourth day was because he was going to the village which was and he got bit by a dog. Yeah. Okay. He would reset back four days, and so everything that happened, all the damage, everything that happened to him, would reset then too, and that includes the charge of the phone back to what it was. But he also wasn't using his phone that entire time, and when he finally used it Uh-oh. towards the end, he even said he was surprised that it still had a charge. Huh. Okay. So yeah, we actually skipped a lot. He, <laughs> this guy. God bless him for not being completely batshit crazy by the end of this. He has been cursed. He has been mutilated. He has been dismembered. He has had his guts torn out from the inside, which was the first challenge he had to overcome. He's been humiliated at every turn. Every time you can be, the rug was pulled out from underneath him and he had to figure a way to like get around his circumstance. At the very beginning, so the first ordeal was him fighting this this lady who, for lack of a better reason, uh, other than plot armor for a villain, survives everything. Like her feet, her feet get welded to the floor with ice, and she's like, "Oh, I needed new shoes. Thanks." 
Like, what? Well, she's a very unique killer, uh, Elsa, and she is given the name Bowel Hunter simply because she likes cutting people open to see their bowels. She finds it very invigorating, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that. (laughs) And Okay, so on top of even that, we're looking at he had to he had to bypass the bowel hunter, and then he had to buy he what he once he received lodging after that ordeal he's received lodging in the home of Amelia. Well, it's not even Amelia's home; it's um, Roswell. Yeah, was that his name? Roswell or Roswell? Roswell. Roswell. Roswell L. Mathers. And this dude is straight OP from the get go. He can use damn near every kind of magic there is. And he's just too strong magically. And he's critically underused, in my opinion. Matter of state has has brought him well past his, not his ability, but like well past his point of usefulness to the story. And I'm not going to say he's neglectful, but he's always gone. Makes no sense to me. Well, he is a imperial wizard and he's also a count. So he does have things he needs to do and he has to tend to. And so when based on Subaru's action, this is what I find really interesting based on Subaru's actions dictate what's going on in that world to a degree. So if he decides to go, for example, when he decided to go to the village earlier, a day earlier than before, when he finally got over his, his temporary psychotic break, having died a few times for no reason, um, he says, well, this is interesting. Last couple times, Roswell never left the estate. Is this because I actually left this estate a day early? Yeah. And, and you really see that come to fruition later on as well, based on the actions he's choosing. And then when he has to restart, if he does something different, if he goes a different path, or if he says something different, you see the consequences of that because nothing's going to happen the exact same way because of the choices he's making, because he's approaching it differently. It causes everything to actually take a different route around him. A butterfly effect almost. Indeed. So it's, it's one of the things that I really enjoy and I'm glad that they did pay attention enough to detail for something like that. So that way, when you're sitting there and you're watching the story, it's not the same thing playing over and over and over when it's happening, it's something different. So something else has changed. What has changed, you'll find out, but you know, like when he dies and comes back, it is a different, completely different circumstance. The thing I truly appreciate about this whole ordeal is, or not the whole, the, the anime, the further along he gets and the more people trust him and he ends up getting, gaining the favor of all of the villages, villagers, depending on how he approaches them. He gains the, the trust of Rem and Ram. Ram ends up basically hating him, and Rem falls in love with him. Rem and Ram are two sisters who are twin demons. Um, it's kind of funny that it's... <laughs> the way that he gets one of them to fall in love with him is basically saying nonsensical things from Japanese culture. For instance, uh, if you want to make a demon laugh, tell him about your future. Yeah. There's a difference saying out here is if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans for the future. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, I did. <laughs> Nobody ever seems to see his incompetence 
because he ends up dying because of it. Yeah. And when he comes back, when he comes back, he has all of these extra, all these extra uh, abilities or knowledge of these abilities that he hadn't previously had, which is why I'm like, dude, if you have that ability and you've got the master swordsman right there, bro, die a hundred times, take your time, learn the sword, become super badass. Exactly. But he doesn't. And that's one of my problems, right? Is that he actually doesn't do that. He has the ability to just die multiple times. He can sit there. He can learn the sword for like three days. I know if I learn the sword for three days, then I go here and do this. I will die and reset back. And he could do yeah. that every time. He could go out there and just die, or he could just kill himself after three days every single time, and he'll reset back to that point. Take the time to learn it. I mean, like, yes, you may eventually again reach a breaking point like he did, but I think it would be worth it. I mean, like the amount of knowledge that he would have at the end of it, as well as uh, the skill is unbelievable. And it shows, and to your point, right? To your point, he is able to retain the knowledge because he remembers everything that happened all the way back before, every single time he died, all of that. He's also able to retain the skills that he's developing too. At first, he wasn't able to cut uh, vegetables. He wasn't able to peel potato, uh, to, uh, able to peel apples or anything else. At first, he was cutting his finger constantly. But after several times, after practicing and practicing and practicing and dying and dying and dying, he was able to get to a point where he was able to peel the potatoes or apples or whatever else without any problem. He became almost ultra fluent, in my opinion. Yeah. And... I'm that's how I would play. That's how I'm sure you would play. But the way they're going about this, I think his weakness is kind of a strength because every time he comes back in a given situation, someone's always like, dude, you've got a shocked look on your face. That's what happened. He never tells them because he can't. We didn't discuss that. That, that That's kind of a huge plot hole <laughs> for some weird reason that I can speculate on because I've seen season two. No, there's been no confirmation. I want to point that out. He is unable to tell anybody about his ability to come back to life or reset to a, a, a checkpoint. If he does, either he'll die or the person he's talking to will die. Yep. That came by at a really messed up time. But apparently when he does this, when he attempts, when he makes the attempt to tell someone, he gets coated in this rather sickening smell that man beasts and demons are able to pick up on and are extremely drawn to. And that is the scent of the witch. Yep. The witch of envy specifically. Yeah. And it's kind of cool, but it also comes through when he's really depressed. Yeah. I don't understand that part. That is a really good question. My, you know, my, one of my key questions is why, at for season one only. Why was he something mm-hmm. like he never finds that out. He never gets to it. He never truly understands what's going on. And even he, in season two, we don't know. Well, yet hopefully we'll have answers, yeah. but that's a story for another time. Um, is like, why was he, why was he the only one that was basically summoned from another world? Or was he the only one that was summoned from another world? That's true. I'm assuming that there are a total of seven, him being one of them, a sloth. And then you know about gluttony and greed. So you know there's at least three more. Oh, no, you have envy. 
So at least two more. Are you talking about the witches or the witches cult? The the cult. So you have the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So you just you need the seven archbishop, right? But see, the, the the lore goes, and this is in season one. The lore goes that the witch of envy killed all the other witches: the witch of greed, the witch of sloth, the witch of whatever pride. She killed them all because she was envious of their ability and she assumed their ability. So all, all of the other witches basically were assumed into the witch of envy for better or worse. Wouldn't it be awesome if he was the herald for the witch of envy? And that's why she's, that's why he's got the witches sent on her or on him. Sorry. And his job is to assume all of the other archbishops. That would be an awesome twist. That would be an awesome twist, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, because you, as you know, Sloth is already gone. Did he really kill Sloth? Because Sloth is able to jump from person to person to person to person. For some weird reason, he's able to also jump into Subaru, and the witch kicks him out of Subaru's body. But even after his body was destroyed, he was still able to use his hidden hand. And even though Subaru took his book and wrote something, yeah. I have no idea what was said. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah. I I tried to, I paused it. I did like a Google image search. I couldn't figure out what it said. So the end, Hmm. maybe he, the end of that particular sloth's life. I don't know. Because if what we understood from sloth was correct, you're given the position of an archbishop. If you are loved by the witches, which of pride, which of envy, which of greed, which of sloth, that's why I was saying maybe he is the, the the champion, if you will, for the Witch of Envy. Because you, you the, the pride person hadn't been chosen yet. Yeah, probably. That is probably. But I don't know. So, I don't know. Well, well actually, whoa, whoa. on the big final boss, the white whale, right? That was gluttony's animal or gluttony. The, like there was, right? It, not technically. I think... Uh, at least how they describe it in season one is gluttony was, and, and this is what you're led to believe for season one is that that animal is gluttony because puck even refers to the white whale as gluttony. Yeah. So I was thinking he, he killed the archbishop of sloth. He killed what we assume is gluttony and the way he does it is amazing. Oh, I just thought of something. Dear Lord. Do you remember the letter that he that that Subaru sent out? Yes. Do you remember how it was ri- something had written on it and now it was blank? Yeah. And if oh the white whale eats somebody, then they're erased from existence. It's not that if they eat somebody, uh, it was when the fog or a particular type of fog hit them, then they were were erased from existence. Does that mean the fog hit whoever wrote that? No, because he said he wrote it. Then why was it why was it erased? I don't know, because you have to remember something. Everyone else forgets that person exists, except for Subaru. And so, if someone else wrote it and it appeared blank, he would have been upset because that person's no longer there. Okay. Because that's going to bug me. You know, uh, if you remember last time when Rem disappeared when when she went off to go fight the whale, he goes, "Rem was just like right here, blah blah blah. Who's Rem?" Like you just saw her like 30 seconds ago. This is one of the reasons why I have a very strong love hate relationship with this anime. The director's cut hit so much harder in the last episode 
than the series, in my opinion, because the series you that the last episode is broke into three, right? If you look at it with any, I don't know, with any uh, kind of understanding, with any kind of forethought, he worked his ass off and he finally got the ending he wanted. He told Amelia that he loved her. They killed the white whale after extreme hardship, extreme hardship. And he finally, like, they blew everything. Like, he was able to save the villagers. He was able to stop a huge catastrophe. He's like, Amelia, I love you. Rode off into the distance like a champ, like a hero. Tossed the, the bag of exploding, exploding crystals, ran away. Thing blew up and he passed out, essentially. And he woke up sitting on Amelia's lap or laying on Amelia's lap, which he found to be exquisite. And they're all riding away. And he's like, I can't wait to tell Rem. And he goes, I, I'm sorry, I got to tell you this. Rem told me that she loved me just like I told you that I loved you. And you're my number one, but she's my number two. I want to I wanna make that very clear, but I don't feel comfortable keeping secrets from you. And then I'm like, good on you, man. This, this is a stand-up guy. I'm feeling so good. And then I got a kidney punch from like Tyson because Rem, because Amelia looks at him a little concerned and they focus in on her eyeball, which you can very slightly see his reflection. And she goes, who's Rem? And that's the end of season one. <sighs> which, which, as we all know, my true hate of open endings. And if that is not an open ending, I don't know what is. That's not an open ending. That's a kick in the junk. That's, that is an open ending. There is like, there's not even a soft close. It's like, hey, by the way, yeah, gonna, there's going <laughs> to be season two. But we're not going to tell you when it's going to be back. That's that's God. what that was. That's what that was. Luckily, four years later, yeah. there is season two. So yay on, yeah. yay on oh. that. <laughs> no, no, no. See, okay, we're not sponsored by Crunchyroll. I want to throw that out there. But Crunchyroll can go suck a fat one. Only because every single time they're like, hey, RE0, new episode. You're like, sweet. Oh, wait, no, that's just a different language. RE0, new episode. Fantastic. It's already been another season. Let's take a look. Oh, it's a German dub. Yep. 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 Oh, look, it's, it's, a, it's it was a, a, it's a, it was like supposed to be like, a hundred, uh, 25 episodes long. And by the time, if you look at it, it says it's 150 episodes or something like that because it accounts all, in all the dubs as well as yeah, the one sub that's there. Like it's all one season and it's all different languages. Now you're like, Oh, come on. And then they're like, Hey, guess what? Director's cut. Yep. And I'm like, ah, oh, God. And then when they started doing season two, I got so happy. Like they, and they, they teased it too. They're like, Hey, here's a sprinkling of episode one of season two. You're like, Oh, this is great. This is, this is it. It's over already. Yep. Oh no. Yep. What am I, what am I doing with my life? And that, now they're coming out every Thursday, which makes me happy. But with all that said, with all that said for season one, how would you rate this on a scale of up to 10? 10 out of 10 for frustration. <laughs> can, 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 can we put that 10 out of 10 for just being just abused as, as a no. viewer? No? no. Okay. Nope. All right. Would I recommend this? Only season one. Not to you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to have to take a step back from my emotional perspective here. And Please. take out the fact that there's a movie and take out the fact that there's a season two, because that would, ra that would inherently raise the, the mark just flat out. Um, 
It's got amazing graphics. The story is as original as I think I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen a an anime yet to mimic something like that. So this being a first of its kind gets a good score. Having awesome graphics, awesome, just beautiful, beautiful imagery. The music is also complimentary <laughs> and terrifying at times. So it has a range of emotion around it. I'm going to have to go along with the lines of an eight, an eight out of 10, solid eight out of 10. Okay. Because I, it's something I would watch again. It's something I have watched more than once. And it's something I obviously didn't have the opportunity to recommend, but uh, was not mad at all uh, about the choice. All right. What about you, my good sir? So I did enjoy. It's not a four. No, 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 no. This is this is a one. Clearly, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. It's not a one. Not by by any means. This by any means, it's not a one. Oh, um, good. We we've had a one. We've had a one before. We've had none. So <laughs> yeah. Um, oh goodness. So one thing we didn't really cover was this actually had some great scores to it. Had some great music, not just the opening closing, but in it in the actual story while something's going on you actually had some great music to go along with it to help elevate that emotion which i thoroughly enjoyed uh the artwork most of the time was good i enjoyed it i really even though i understand super is the primary character that dude just really gets on my nerves i do not like him i hate that guy with a with a passion but i get it I think you're going to like who he becomes. Does he, does he become someone that stops crying over everything? I mean, like, cause I mean, that's, that's what I'm well, going no, he, for. He, he almost reaches your level of manliness. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so what you're saying is the only time he cries is someone's spiller whiskey. Okay. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I do not like Subaru in season one. He does kind of redeem himself towards the end, which I, and he does redeem himself at a couple different points throughout, but as a whole for this series, I do not like him for season one, majority of the time. Artwork, great music, great story is good. Overall, I got to give this a seven. And the reason why I'm going with a seven and not an eight is because of the ending. Is it awesome ending? The, the awesome ending. horrible ending. <laughs> horrible ending. Oh, God. All right. Well, what I will say is season two makes season one much more watchable. And after watching the first few episodes of season two, season one, while I rewatched it, things make so much more sense. Okay. So hopefully we get to talk about that sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. No, we are definitely going to be watching uh, the movie. So uh, next week's choice is the movie uh, Re-Life, Re-Zero, Starting Life in Another World, uh, The Frozen Bond. So that is uh, that's what we're going to be watching for next week. And I like it. Yeah, it came out November 2019. Uh, Obviously, the genres, the producers, the studio, it's all the same. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's all, but that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for, uh, checking us out. Uh, feel free to contact us in discord. We are also, uh, available on Twitter. You can reach out to us on Facebook email, but primarily reach out to us on discord because we are both always in there a majority of the time. 
And uh, <laughs> we would also love to hear your feedback. And if you're happening to listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and leave us a comment. And wherever you're listening to us, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.